one thing for us, as I mentioned earlier too, um, our girls who have faced this, um, you know, have really overcome a lot of adversity, have faced a lot of mm-hmm. um, challenge and, and dealt with that trauma. One thing for us, we also want them to be able to think about um, not only, of course, the social justice issues, but also their own identity. So what mm-hmm. we really try to focus on is not just learning how to, you know, read and write um, for, for school, which is, of course, very important, but also being able to express yourself in ways that, you know, help you learn more about yourself and help you um, grow as an individual, especially during such a formative time. Welcome to Everyday Superhumans, the podcast to restore your faith in humanity. I'm Kyle. And I'm Charlie. And today we are coming to you live from Chicago. All right. Uh, with our first non-Austin guest, but for an Austin charity. Uh, yeah. Specifically, though, we are, we did not travel to Chicago. This is the time of COVID, and that's also expensive. So We virtually we be- travel to Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. So we spoke to... I'm going to pull up her name again. We spoke to Karnika Inningar, who is the executive director of Girl Forward. Uh, they're an organization dedicated to helping refugee girls that have arrived to the U.S. kind of acclimate to the American culture and education system. And they provide things like mentorship and summer camps and uh, tutoring to help these girls uh, learn English and succeed in their classes. It really is a safe space for girls and it's really cool. They work on their confidence. And that's one of the main goals of the program is building confidence in doing mm-hmm. actions that we take for granted every day that we do mm-hmm. without really thinking, like use transportation, set up a bank account. And yeah. they're able to help the girls out. Yeah. Uh, they're a helping hand to these girls going through very uh, rough times and they are wonderful people. Like I said, we spoke to the executive director who's based out Chicago, but they actually have a branch here in Austin as well. And they work with things like the school district here uh, and they provide uh, like I said, like educational materials. And yeah, overall, it was a really informative interview because we haven't spoken to anybody that covers the refugee crisis. So it was great to learn about how we could help out in our day-to-day lives and uh, how refugees are having it difficult right now. And especially uh, young girls, they tend to have it worse than boys during times of crisis. So this is where Girl Forward comes in. They come in and they help them adapt to the new situation. And uh, they have a really strong success rate. 100% of all the uh, girls are mentored graduate high school and 90% going to college. And especially during a time of a pandemic too, where a lot of our access is restricted when a group of minority people, they even have, they already have struggles and to compound it with not getting access to Wi-Fi or other things. I can't even imagine what not having Wi-Fi access would be right now. I, know. I communicate with you over Wi-Fi. Yeah. So without further ado, enjoy our episode with our very first non-Austin guest. And if you like what you hear, let us know. And we might try expanding to different uh, cities as well. Uh, in the meantime, though, have a great time and stay superhuman, everybody. 
We typically like to begin with uh, asking our guests uh, who they are, what they do at the nonprofit that they work for, or their history with the nonprofit and their cause, mm-hmm. and also the nonprofit's history itself. So how about we begin with that? Yeah, well, thank you so much for, um, for um, having me today. I'm really, really thrilled to speak with both of you. Um, so my name is Karnika Iyengar. I'm the executive director of Girl Forward. Uh, we're a 501c3 that's based in Austin, Texas, and Chicago, Illinois. Uh, we're actually headquartered here in Chicago, but have an awesome chapter in Austin. Um, yeah, and so Girl Forward, our mission is uh, to be a community of support dedicated to creating enhancing opportunities for girls who have been displaced by conflict and persecution. Um, yeah, and we, we serve about 200 girls per year. Um, all of our girls are about ages 14 to 22, and they identify as refugees, asylum seekers, or um, you know other um, individuals have been through other immigrant channels. And we support them um, through our mentoring program, through our education program, and um, through our safe spaces program. Yeah, uh, I guess we could walk through that list then. Uh, what yeah. is the mentoring program exactly? Yeah, so our mentoring program is actually really our flagship program and how um, we got started in the first place. So we've been around since um, about 2011. I took over from the founder, who is the former executive director, um, a few months ago. And um, our mentoring program is um, a program that pairs um, our our girls with um, like young professional women uh, in both cities. And um, they're paired up for um, at least a year. Um, Ideally, if the girl um, starts working with us in their first year in high school, then we've even had some matches who have been matched for four years. Um, and what they actually do is the, men- the mentor comes to the mentee's home um, every week for at least two hours, and they actually spend time together. Um, we have a curriculum that kind of informs, you know, what, um, what the activities can, um, can be. So we have the four W's. It's a wellness, wisdom, wallet, and world. Um, and that just provides, you know, some structure around um, the activities that they can do. Otherwise, you know, I mean, you know, you, you all probably have been sort of like a mentor to someone or, or maybe been mentored. And sometimes it's hard to know like what, what is most helpful. Um, so for us, it's really having that curriculum really helps inform that. So, you know, for example, for Wallet, our mentor might take their mentee and help set, you know, help them set up a bank account or something like that. Just having, mm-hmm. putting some structure on the skills. So yeah. Kind of teaching life skills. Yeah. Which, I, which has to be really hard, especially coming from, a uh, different country and then trying to get into a new culture, especially if your country has been war-torn or whatever is causing you to come here. Then you also said that you have the education program. And I, I did some research and I see that you have two different branches of the education program. Yeah, uh, Tutoring right. and Camp Girl Forward. Uh, let's start with the tutoring. How does the tutoring work? Yeah, so tutoring is um, tutoring's awesome. And when we're actually like in you know our physical spaces, it's so much fun to be there when this is all going on. So um, we have drop-in tutoring. And so we have a center, um, currently in both cities, we have a center and um, we have uh, volunteers who are tutors. So they all are um, pretty well-trained in, in you know, the, the subject areas. So we have science, we have um, math, English, and they actually come, um, our volunteers, um, about three days a week for about from 3 p.m. to 7 p.m. Um, we have our volunteer tutors there. And then the girls can actually just come and drop in after school for homework help. So, um, uh, here in Chicago, we actually have one of the high schools that's down the street. So they just walk down the street, they come and um, they work with the tutors and um, as needed. And it's awesome. It's a really, really fun, um, you know, it's for us, we look forward to it when we're in the office during the day, because just having the girls come in after school and, um, you know, it really reminds you just of, um, 
you know, these are awesome, incredible girls who are, you know, going to high school and, and having that like life experience. I think so much of what we think about is, um, you know, what they've been through or that. And this is a great reminder that they're not defined by that. They're, you know, um, they're coming in because they have a math test tomorrow and they have an English test the next day or an essay due. Um, and the, the conversations that you over here are really fun too. And, you know, sometimes I feel really old, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but it is, it's really, it's really, it's just like a wonderful way to then kind of have that um, assistance in real time, especially for so many of these girls. Um, they, as I mentioned, of course, that they come from areas of conflict and persecution. Um, mm. It disproportionately affects women as well um, in terms of what we see in terms of schooling. So the, there's either disrupted or no schooling sometimes. Um, and mm. on average, mm. the girls that we work with have, um, two years of schooling before being placed oh, wow. in high school simply before their, because of their age. So if you can kind of imagine that, um, you know, wow. what, what factors go into that. So, so the tutoring is really, really helpful in terms of, um, you know, just making sure every day you're kind of, or almost every day you're able to get that, um, you know, stay ahead and, and all of that in school. What are the challenges that they face coming from a different country? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, the number one, I think there's two. I mean, the number one really, and what we exist to try and address is really um, the the language barrier. That's really the most difficult because, um, you know, I think there's already that sort of, um, uh, you know, those factors that come in that if you have had limited schooling or no schooling and you're being put in high school, you're already, um, you know, you already kind of have to um, learn a lot for those other subjects. But it's that is, you know, that difficulty is compounded by the fact that you're also just learning a language for the first time. Um, and so, so I think that like that in the English language learning skills is definitely um, something that's, you know, definitely a, a, a bigger challenge. Um, and then as well, I think just in terms of, um, you know, that kind of that adjustment for, you know, so many of, you know, we say conflict and persecution. Um, it's also like all our girls have experienced traumas that come with that. So it's, it's yeah. that, trauma and kind of working through those. We don't, we don't um, provide those kind of services here, but we work really closely okay. with organizations that do um, to kind of have to address the other components and, you know, the mental health and wellness and all of that. Um, but that for sure, it's, it's, you know, it is a cult. I mean, you know, culture shock would be an understatement. I think when you're kind of dropped into, you know, Austin, Texas or, or Chicago and, um, and expected to, you know, start school and, and stay, um, you know, stay with it. And, um, and, you know, there's so many other factors there, too. And for parents looking for jobs and, you know, everybody kind of has their thing going on. So to be able for us to provide support in the best way we can is really important. So why are girls more disproportionately affected by times of crisis uh, versus boys? Yeah, it's I think there are a number of different um, reasons for that. Um, we've seen it from so our population of girls actually come from a really, really broad um, and you know diverse range of countries and, and places. Um, so we have about, you know, over 25, um, at least, you know, countries represented throughout our girls over the years. So I think, you know, culturally, um, their differences are, um, you know, there's kind of no similar background that they're coming from. The one thing that we've really seen is oftentimes um, girls, just because of the place in their family, there's so much more often that's kind of put on them, which then um, oftentimes prevents them from being able to, um, you know, kind of pursue education or pursue something mm -hmm. else that might that might help. Um, oftentimes also as well, we focus on kind of the older, the elder girls. Um, 
because if you're the eldest in the family, many times you're also taking care of, you're helping with childcare, uh, you're helping yeah. around the house. Um, so that's what we've been seeing. So we, we've seen, um, and we use a lot of data in that as well to see um, and address this pro problem because girls are especially vulnerable to violence, isolation, and then being mm -hmm. kept out of school as well before. And they probably have to take care of the family too, or in mm -hmm. old life, they are the ones responsible for keeping track of other family members, whereas boys might be the ones getting education or going into the workforce. Do you see that as a difference? You know, I'm yes. And I think that's something that like definitely like historically is um something that people have tried to address, you know, address and adjust, especially in situations like these. Again, we usually work with the um, the families once they've been resettled. So in Chicago, okay. we work, um, we're referred, girls are referred to us to resettlement agencies. Okay. And then in Austin, okay. we actually work with the school district. So for us, it's less about kind of going out and finding people who um, need the support, whereas it's, um, we have a really great relationship with both of those um, entities. And so we're actually referred to girls. So by the time we are able to work with um, with our girls, we usually know, you know, the family's very supportive of it and we work really closely with the family as well. Um, and, you know, everybody's very eager for them to, um, to have that, you know, the educational assistance and really to be able to excel and, um, and thrive in their school. So why Austin as your second place of operations? Why not somewhere else like LA or New York? Because I know that they're known for having high immigrant populations. Why Austin? Yeah. Yeah, that's a great question. So, um, so we've been in Austin again since about 2016 or so. Um, the former executive director, who I mentioned, who founded it, she had um, happened to actually just be in Austin on a visit, um, and she had already, you know, started the um, the chapter here in Chicago. And she was talking to you know friends and acquaintances acquaintances there about what um, you know what Girl Forward was doing here in Chicago, and there was a lot of interest, you know, in terms of you know my friend works in so and so, and I think they would really. Um, you know, they would be really interested in an initiative like this and more of those. So she started to say, hmm, maybe there's something here. So she looked, um, she looked more into it. She saw that Austin and the demographics of Austin and in terms of resettlement, the numbers, mm -hmm. it actually really closely um, resembled Chicago. So for mm -hmm. us, you know, I mean, especially, I mean, I of course wasn't there, but it was such, we're, you know, we're, especially at the time, we're a small lean operation. There were only a few staff members um, and we're still pretty small, but um, you know, expansion wasn't necessarily the first thing that you think about. But mm. when she went there and she saw that, like, this is a need that's really, um, that would be, you know, great to address and have something, that's actually how Austin was selected. And I think many people ah. who, are, um, who aren't as familiar with, um, you know, refugee data or any of this, it's actually really interesting where um, it doesn't really, sort of where the, where the state is in the country doesn't really seem to affect, like, it's, it's sort of random actually where people are settled. So the majority huh, okay. um, of the resettled um, individuals in Austin are from Afghanistan. And so that actually, so the populations from the different cities actually look very different. Um, but what we saw between Chicago and Austin was that there were similarities in terms of uh, backgrounds of the girls and numbers of resettled um, individuals. Wow. I know you did that. We're not similar Austin's to Chicago. Awesome. Can I also yeah. say that? That's another thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We had no, the best tacos in Texas here. No, that is no. true. That is true. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm originally from Missouri, so Chicago is also oh, yeah. too. I like the West. Well, thank you. Yeah, we think so. We think so. It definitely gets cold, but we forget about it by the time the summer comes and it's so beautiful. Um, so by the time it's, <laughs> oh, yeah. you know, time to make any sort of change, you're like, oh, no, it's <laughs> everything is fine. But it's, yeah. it's, a, it's, a, yeah, it's a lovely, lovely place. We feel very lucky to have this. Going down the list of uh, things that you guys offer as well, mm -hmm. 
What is Camp Girl Forward? Yeah. Um, so Camp Girl Forward is in both cities over the summer. And um, it's a summer camp, but it's a um, it's ESL, so English as a Second Language focused summer camp. Okay. But instead of doing like a um, typical ESL curriculum, we actually do it through the lens of um, social justice. And okay. um, which is cool because it's, um, you know, usually when there are these uh, ESL courses, they're very, um, they're not, I wouldn't say basic, but they're definitely, um, they don't really focus on, you know, they don't usually have that sort of like um, uh, thematic feel to it, or there's not this other way. But one, one thing for us, as I mentioned earlier too, um, our girls who have faced this, um, you know, have really overcome a lot of adversity, have faced a lot of um, challenge and, and dealt with that trauma. One thing for us, we also want them to be able to think about um, not only, of course, the social justice issues, but also their own identity. So what mm. we really try to focus on is not just learning how to, you know, read and write um, for, for school, which is, of course, very important, but also being able to express yourself in ways that, you know, help you learn more about yourself and help you um, grow as an individual, especially during such a formative time. I bet they get so much more confidence, too, and it's a great time to be involved with them in their growth especially with mentorship and having a safe space like that. Totally. And you really hit the nail on the head, actually, because one of the things that we measure over the summer, in addition to uh, English profici proficiency, is actually confidence. And it's um, the idea of being able to speak in a group, you know, and actually feel comfortable mm -hmm. sort of presenting something or even, you know, raising your hand in class. Like if you're able to, over the summer, get used to kind of being around, you know, a, a group of girls that you didn't necessarily know before, but we see, you know, maybe the first weekend, second weekend, you know, you start becoming more active, you start feeling confident, you start feeling confident using your words and, um, you know, speaking with others, addressing a larger group. And so that is something that's exactly right um, that we always, you know, really want to um, want to foster and encourage. So with confidence being in saying that you're helping, uh, yeah, foster, uh, mm -hmm. it sounds like that there's certain challenges that uh, these refugees need to go through when they, when they come to America. Other, other than learning English, are there like what are the biggest challenges that these girls typically need to go through, and that they're trying to adjust, I guess, as well to American culture? Like, honestly, a lot of it is just kind of our day to day that we don't necessarily think about. That's, um, mm. you know, adjusting to a new culture just the same way. You know, if we were to kind of be uprooted right now and move somewhere else, the mm. the day to day mm. is really what is, um, kind of affects you the most because it's definitely you know the situation that you're in the most, um, but also those skills are considered so basic to the person who stays there that you don't necessarily think about, um, you know, actively teaching it to someone. And that's something that mm. we really try to um, address in the mentorship program. So for example, I mentioned, of course, like the, you know, the checking account. Another thing is like public transportation. So um, mm -hmm. just being able to kind of know like how to get, you know, a subway card and how to get on the subway and, um, you know, even, you know, like, when when you travel to a new place it's a little disconcerting right where you're like okay do i do i swipe when i get off the train do i swipe when i get yeah. on the train you know if nobody looked at my ticket when i got on is yeah like you know it's, it's confusing and so that sort of thing um is it might sound little in that way but when it's um you know when it's combined with the with the language skills and everything else and also like you know many times it's your entire family that's just trying to figure out things that can be very sudden you're kind of reeling still from um from you know what you were what you were dealing with before that adjustment mm -hmm. is um, is something that we want to um, you know we want to make sure girls feel comfortable and work with. It's also something that does um, inform your decision making. So the more you know we're able to um, you know have girls feel comfortable with something like transportation, or um, then you'll be more 
able to, you know, think about so many of our girls, you know, they, they have part-time jobs or, um, you know, they'll work during the summer. It's like, then they can think about going, you know, getting to a place um, safely and knowing how to get there. And so suddenly it opens your mind a lot more and it opens your world a lot more. And so that's what we really want to do. We don't want our girls to be held back by anything that can be addressed by, you know, us just working with them because they're, mm incredible you know i mean they teach us things every single day every <laughs> single day um and so for you know when we kind of have those conversations like what's helpful to know it is you know it is something like that like i'm gonna have a uh, i you know i want to do this part-time job like how do i put together my resume or how do i handle mm. this question or mm. something so um things that you know you just kind of are kind of innate to you um it's you know it's nice for us to kind of be able to be there and actually work through those especially through like a mentorship program in a yeah. sense you're like applied anthropologist <laughs> teaching them uh the ways that we don't even think about here like you said like Mm -hmm. of course public transit saying we don't think about here in austin since we don't really have public transit but yeah chicago is a lot different totally and we actually i mean that's one thing too that that is actually one of the big differences between the cities exactly because we're like um you know people in people in austin are actually so different than people in chicago in some ways and it's like even Mm -hmm. things that we think about it's like how we think about getting to a center or access like um it's, it's much different. It's much different when it's a spread out city. It's much different when you're used to just a default, you know, public transportation or not. Um, yeah, so it's definitely something that we're always, um, always kind of thinking about. You all have a safe spaces program too. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so our safe spaces program is, um, it's actually really the kind of the physical space that we have. And it's definitely a little bit more robust here in, um, in Chicago, the way we're currently, you know, conceptualizing it. Um, and so even if, you know, the girls don't have, um, homework or, or need tutoring, they can actually just come out and hang out in our space. Um, we have, there's a lot of like impromptu dance practice. We have, um, we have, you know, food and snacks there. We have bus fare in case anybody, you know, needs to use that to get home, you know, no questions mm-hmm. asked. Like That's it's just cool. a really warm, um, happy place. And they bring that, they bring that honestly, the warmth and the excitement. We have computers, um, some Chromebooks that we got donated and we're always kind of looking for those as well. Um, so they, the girls are able to come and use that, you know, and use inter, have internet access. We have graphing calculators. Um, we actually as well keep, um, you know, we kind of have like a boutique there too that have, you know, as we call it, where we have um, very new or, um, you know, very gently used clothing where girls can come and um, if they need school supplies or clothes or anything like that, we also keep that on, on site as well. Um, we're actually kind of thinking about, you know, adding to, we already do a lot of like wellness and um, other workshops through our safe spaces program. We did a beautiful mural here in Chicago. We do other art projects, identity projects in Austin. So that's something that we're always thinking about as well. But really, a place where girls can just feel um, feel safe to you know explore their identity and and also come and access any resources that they need. I bet it's refreshing to them too to see like-minded people all in one space too, and that probably brings more camaraderie among the girls too that there there's people with similarities just like them and they're not alone definitely definitely that's the one thing we kind of call ourselves the girl forward family and the girls often mm-hmm. actually you know refer to the idea of girl forward and, and the space is kind of their second home so it uh-huh. is um yeah it's definitely re- really really um kind of you know wonderful to have that uh, i want to ask like a more meta question in this mm-hmm. sense but uh how can the average American become more uh, aware of all of the refugee crisis and how we could help out on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think there are, there are a number of ways to get involved. I think it really depends on, you know, like comfort level and, um, and you know, time. 
Um, of course, you know, there are always ways to get, you know, if you're in, in Austin, um, well, of course, in Chicago, there are ways to get involved physically with Girl Forward, you know, whether that's being a tutor, um, a mentor, a volunteer. Um, they're also, you know, if you might not fit in one of those categories, um, we also work with a number of community organizations, and there are really wonderful organizations out there that are doing really incredible work um, and addressing many different needs. So we, of course, do education, but, you know, some others do, um, you know, health and medicine. Um, others will do, um, you know, maybe middle school, um, you know, tutoring or educational access, others, other sort of supplies. Um, so there's definitely an organization out there that could, de you know, definitely need your support, whether that's time. Um, funding, honestly, is really, really important too. Um, so for Girl Ford, we actually don't receive any funding from um, any government grants. All of it is either um, individuals or other grants or corporations. And so we actually fundraise our entire <laughs> entire budget. Um, and wow. so, you know, I know, it, I know it's really easy for people to, um, you know, I think we're all kind of, um, you know, guilty of that at times where there's just so much, especially the time like now where it's, there's so much need and you see that and you see like, it's, you know, a, a, you know, sort of an appeal or a call for help. It's really easy to tune those out. But I think, um, you know, one of the things is it really, it really is that, um, that important, you know, that kind of sustainable funding, because without it, you can't really plan and go, um, and, you know, and, and kind of continue to not even grow your programs, but really to, um, to exist and, and be sustainable. So, um, you know, the first, of course, is volunteer, volunteering mm -hmm. time. Another is, um, of course, you know, financially, if somebody's able and and willing, um, you know, from a dollar to more than that, that's really helpful. Another is advocacy as well. There are a number of, you know, oh, yeah. great advocacy organizations that do it. Um, and it doesn't even necessarily mean that, you know, you kind of have to, you know, be going as a weekly member or something if you don't have that kind of time, but want to make your voice heard. Um, just signing up for different coalitions um, and their, you know, their email list. It could just be something so easy as, you know, they'll tell you, can you share this? You know, we're doing an, an advocacy day on, you know, like, you know, May 6th or something. And can you share this on your website or can you share this? Or um, I really consider for like the space of social media and all of that, like I consider it very, you know, I, I kind of respect it as people's real estate, you know, it's not up to, you know, from being kind of like a big influencer to like somebody who has maybe, you know, five followers, it's still meaningful when you post and share a message. And I think that mm. means a lot. And so I think that's something that, you know, I, I want to earn from people and, and make mm. sure that, you know, we're providing a message. So I think that's something that they feel comfortable sharing. So that's another way of just kind of amplifying our, our message and our voice. Um, so for right now, there are a lot of great ones going on because refugees and asylum seekers and, and other immigrants are really being affected by the current pandemic and the crisis. Mm, and, yeah. um, you know, certain things in terms of, um, you know, losing, losing jobs, losing employment, sometimes not being able to be, um, you know, eligible for certain benefits they're feeling in a, in a way. So, so for many of us who are in this space, one thing that we really want to do to highlight, you know, to, to, to city government or state governments um, or federal governments as well as, you know, not letting these individuals, you know, fall behind or be forgotten. Hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, you mentioned the pandemic. How has COVID-19 affected Girl Forward over the past few months? Yeah. Um, so it, de it definitely, you know, it definitely has um, affected, um, uh, you know, our organization, just like it, it unfortunately has for many other organizations and of course individuals. Um, what we feel um, we're very grateful for is of course the, um, you know, our community and, um, and, you know, each other and our staff and our mm -hmm. girls, we feel really confident. We were very lucky. Um, you know, we had, we had plans for this, you know, I think early March, late February, you know, I'd, I got in a sense of, you know, things going in a certain direction. Mm -hmm. And so we actually had a really great plan in place already. So I think by, you know, March 11th and when you know, everything, I think, 
you know, the kind of country realized it, you know, with the press conference and everything, mm. we actually already were operating under um, that kind of virtual space. So we talked about it the prior week and then on March, um, since March um, 10th, everything has actually been pretty much virtual. So we let the mm. girls know for all of the after school tutoring, we would change and we would make it, you know, the tutors would quickly get trained up on how to do tutoring through yeah. Zoom, would figure out all of that. Um, and then uh, we also, before we closed, we were able to try and get to the girls, you know, some care packages, have them come pick up um, some of our, you know, and check out our computers that we have on site, um, just mm -hmm. to try to like ease the transition. And then the week after, then we also then decided in both cities to have um, mentoring all be virtual as well um, and have the mentors then, you know, be in touch with them. And not just for those that, you know, maybe that two hour block didn't necessarily make sense anymore once a week, but maybe also staying more engaged with um, with their mentor and their mentee. I think it's you know really great for, for both sides during a time like this, but especially because one thing that we tried to address with our girls is really that isolation, um, you know, mm -hmm. factor and making sure that that doesn't, um, you know, uh, you know, be kind of triggered during a time like this. And so programmatically, we felt really comfortable in terms of moving everything online. We were really lucky at Purdue Works, you know, amazingly to try um, to get that. And, uh, and then also we've moved our camp this summer as well. It'll be virtual. Um, it's been, you know, I think for a couple of weeks after this happened, it, you know, I think everybody's in a state of shock to a certain extent. You're just wondering, like, we, you know, where are we in this? Where are, and, you know, for me, yeah. I was trying to think about our relevance in this, where, um, you know, we provide a much needed service, but we weren't a front line. Um, you know, service at that point, we weren't providing, we don't, you know, we don't have the, um, the resources nor the logistics, um, you know, logistical framework to kind of deliver supplies equitably and fairly and safely, um, or things like that. But how could we be helpful? So it was, you know, it was kind of figuring out on our own what to do, you know, we, we work with our girls and their families on, you know, maybe like an unemployment form that is, you know, hmm. tricky to, to fill out. Um, yeah. but I think, you know, even honestly, like three, four weeks in, we realized like it was sort of an aha moment where I thought, oh my gosh, you know, our mission as always important, it's even more important right now where we see yeah. the disparities that come with remote learning. And we see that, you know, it's really, mm -hmm. this is a chance when people who were already, you know, um, kind of facing certain challenges when it came to education, it's, this is a time when unfortunately it can really be exacerbated. Um, and so it feels, um, you know, it's really meaningful to us to be able to address that. And also things with, you know, access to technology and, mm -hmm. um, and you know, even mm -hmm. Wi-Fi access, that can be such a big factor in this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah uh, I shared this article, with Charlie, I'm not sure if they're doing it in Chicago, but apparently the AI, AISD outfits some buses yeah. to uh, mm -hmm. be parked in certain neighborhoods here in Austin to provide Wi-Fi access to students that don't necessarily have it. So yeah, it's it's a it's a thing that you don't think about whatever exactly. you have in your daily life. But if you don't have internet at your house, or if you do have internet, but it's like a cheaper one where it can't mm -hmm. sustain the load that's happening right now. It could mm -hmm. definitely put you in a rut. I don't know what I would do without the internet right now. <laughs> no. Like, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be able to work. All of my work is online. So I, I wouldn't right. be a job. On the annual report, uh, I think it was on the annual report, or maybe it was on the website, there was a topic of girl-centered design. Yeah. I was wondering if you could elaborate more what that means and how people could design uh, with that in mind? Yeah, that's a great, that's a really, really great question. And I'm, I'm so glad you brought it up. And um, in our, actually our deputy director, Ashley is, she's incredible. And, um, and has really been with Girlford from really the beginning. And so she, um, this is really, really her, um, her, her space and her passion for how we think about Girlford. And it's true. So one thing that we, um, we try to be mindful of 
at all points when we think about programming, what we think of, um, you know, what we can, you know, offer girls um, is we try to really have the girls sort of informing what we're doing and having the girl experience. That's also why we use the, I mean, we use the word girls, right? Which we don't really hear as much anymore. We mm -hmm. talk about young women or, or something mm -hmm. else, but we actually really embrace that girl experience. For many, you know, women and young women can mean something very different. It can mean a much different mm -hmm. time in your life. But this is like the girl, you know, the girl experience. And that is your, um, we celebrate that time. Um, but in terms of thinking about how we, we have, you know, our, our programs, um, based on that, it's really doing that. It's really having a girl informed design. So it's like, it's not for prescriptive. We don't come in and kind of say like, oh, we need to have, and it's actually, you know, I alluded to it earlier. We don't kind of come in thinking like, okay, we're going to have this program and it's going to run. And then hopefully it'll achieve these things that we thought we're like, okay, you know, the girl first, what is, what is something that they want? And honestly, the easiest way we do is that we ask them, you know, we ask them like, yeah, yeah. what sense. do you need? What can we give you? What can we support you? And so, um, and vice versa. And so, um, that I think is really our main focus. We always, always, always want to be known um, as an organization that puts girls first and that uses girls to come up with what we're doing, to that their voices are heard, that we uplift those voices. We're not telling them what they need to say. We're not giving them a message. We're mm -hmm. not telling them, this is your voice. We want to know what is your voice and how do we amplify it? Have you read the book Invisible Women? Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah I read that a few months exactly. ago and I was like, wow, I had no idea how much... Uh, negligence there has been towards uh, mm -hmm. including women and in design decisions and also just data analysis in general. Definitely. Yeah, so. Definitely. Yeah. Because a lot of groups, they, people that run support groups or try to help a certain group, the people that run it aren't the re representation of the group that's being affected or they're not really getting advice from the actual group that they're helping. So with Girl Forward, it's actually the way it should be, where you're getting advice and direction from the girls, and you all are, it sounds like a great open communication experience. Thank you. Yeah, that, I mean, that's, that's really, really what we, what we try to do. And, um, you know, I think that's why we're excited when we get up in the morning and, you know, we go to work mm -hmm. and we... Um, or, you know, in this case, go to the next room or something. But, um, <laughs> you know, we, you know, it, you have that passion when you know that um, your voice is, is being listened to. And that goes for, you know, all levels of the organization. We also have an all women board. Um, so, you know, uh, yeah. our participants, our staff, um, our leadership, it's a really, it's a really cool. And in some ways it feels like an experiment kind of, you know, because I laugh and I look around, I'm like, I've never seen a, um, you know, the kind of things that we talk about in terms of like the women, you know, an experience for a woman or being on a board or, you know, being talked over, like we don't, you don't actually see it here because we don't have, um, you know, we only really have women participants on everything. So that's been really interesting. We have wonderful, of course, allies and wonderful, wonderful supporters. Um, but it's definitely, it's definitely very interesting. And I feel like it's really where we, where we put our money where our mouth is when it comes to, to making decisions and um, yeah, and how we run things. Yeah. Cool. Well, it's that time. I think it's <laughs> superhero time, superhero question time. It's my favorite. If you were a superhero, what superhero would you be? It can be made up too. It doesn't have to be a superhero. And what superpower would you have? So I love, I love this question. Um, I feel like there's probably a way to like try and game it, you know, and say like, oh, I want to be unlimited superheroes, like a genie question. Yeah. <laughs> I will pick one. Um, for me, you know, as I, as I, you know, thought about this question and as I listen to others, um, 
uh, yeah, the other the other episodes. I think for me, honestly, the superhero that I wish that um, you know, girl forward and you know me by extension could be is someone that could be in all places at once. Um, and I say that because, you know, the biggest request, like when we are in the office and, you know, our phone rings, it's people from different cities and they say, oh, you know, I know some amazing girls who would really benefit from this program. How can we do it? Um, Mm -hmm. and one thing that we, it's really difficult for us, obviously we're smaller, you know, I mean, um, as a, as a small nonprofit and trying to do that. Um, and you know, I mean, we're not like the smallest nonprofit, of course, we're like, you know, we're growing and, um, but we don't Mm -hmm. have the. Um, abilities to obviously to go to every city or to help it get set up and we we provide as much as we can to help them get set up but of course you know um in an ideal world we could just go there and be like we'll start a chapter here we'll start a chapter here um you know there's things that i think about long-term growth and how i want to do that but when i get that call or when we hear that call like what i hear in that is that we have girls now i mean you know we know how it is you know you 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 blink and you know high school's over um that kind of you know emer- that urgency and wanting to be there to address that um that's something where i wish when i pick up the phone and you said that i wish i could kind of you know be all placed at once and teleport mm. there um and to actually say like okay you know this is this is what we can do or this is, this is how we can help you get set up or or have the girls i guess maybe more efficient the girls can teleport here um programs, <laughs> but that that for me is really um that would do us wonders yeah and we could have a cool cape too, but yes. <laughs> yeah, always <laughs> yeah. have the cape. Or unless you take the Incredibles cape. point of view, no capes. Oh. It's like one of those bandana things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. globetrotter. So, You're like the globetrotter hero or yeah. <laughs> one name, concise name for it. <laughs> to learn more about Girl Forward, check out girlforward.org. You can also stay in the know on social media at facebook.com slash girlforward. Follow them on Twitter at Girl Forward and see what's happening over on Instagram at Girl Forward Grand. Are you an outside looking for a cause to support? Then you've come to the right place. Be sure to check out our website at everydaysuperhumans.show to learn more about the many great causes you could be a part of right here in the live music capital of the world. You can also follow us on Twitter at SuperhumansCast, like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash everydaysuperhumans, and check out our Instagram at everydaysuperhumans. If you like what you heard, feel free to give us a review on Apple Podcasts. And support the show by subscribing to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Cast, or wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, not every hero has to fly. So grab your cape and let's go. Yeah. What, uh, what are we'll the biggest? Pen, yeah. Oh, uh, what are the oh, biggest? What, what were you going to say? Time. Go on, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> we're like looking at each other too through a video chat. <laughs> we'll talk at the same time. <laughs> <laughs>